Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, February 9th. There was election chaos on this date in 1825. None of the presidential candidates that year received a majority of electoral votes. That meant the House of Representatives had to make this election instead. Can you guess which man became the president that year? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your forecast. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. One or two spotty showers this morning, this afternoon as well. Most of the day should be dry, partly to mostly cloudy. Temperatures will start out in the 50s. We'll go up in the mid-70s this afternoon. The last of the mainly dry weather turns very wet Friday into Saturday. We, because of that, we have issued first alert weather days. Several inches of rain, two to four inches of rain between Friday and Sunday. And it will turn chillier as the weekend wears on. Only 49 with a few showers left over on Sunday. Sunday. Next week, we do return to sunshine and warmer weather. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A dramatic day in Walterboro in the Alec Murdoch murder trial as the courthouse was evacuated because of a bomb threat a little earlier uh, afternoon yesterday. But testimony picked back up in the afternoon, and this morning witnesses will be taking the stand once again. Yeah, Murdoch is accused of shooting and killing his wife Maggie and youngest son Paul in Colleton County on June 7th of 2021. Live 5's Katie Cameron joins us live at the courthouse. And Katie, that bomb threat, of course, interrupting proceedings yesterday. So where do we stand this morning and what's expected to happen in the courtroom today? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Well, even though that courtroom emptied yesterday and proceedings came to a screeching halt because of that bomb threat, an FBI automotive uh, forensic uh, specialist took this stand yesterday afternoon after everyone uh, went back into the courtroom. The defense is in the middle of their cross-examination of him so that is set to pick back up first thing this morning at 9.30 when court resumes. Dwight Fulkowski with the FBI testified yesterday about data on Murdoch's Chevy Suburban that he was driving the night of the murders. While on the stand, he talked about timestamps of when the car was in park or not in park, as well as how they couldn't tell if the vehicle actually moved. Jurors also heard more testimony about Murdoch's financial misdeeds from his former paralegal and Forge Consulting's Michael Gunn. The state argues Murdoch used a fake account called Forge, mirroring the legitimate company's name, Forge Consulting, in order to steal money and swindle his law firm and clients. And I was like, well, I don't understand. Is it the name of the company, Forge Consulting? And he told me that, to, he described it to me. He said, think of it like Forge Consulting is the large company and Forge is a kind of under that umbrella of it. As for that bomb threat, according to SLED, around lunchtime, an unidentified male called the courthouse telling them there was a bomb in the judge's chambers and then quickly hung up. Testimony did resume at 3 p.m. after authorities searched the building, but court went into recess around 4.30. Now, there is a lot of speculation about Edis, uh, about Curtis Eddie Smith potentially testifying today. He's the man that was allegedly involved in a suicide for hire plot back uh, during Labor Day weekend in 2021, just weeks after the murders. But it's unclear at this point if yesterday's bomb threat will impact that. Live in Colleton County, Katie Kamen, Live 5 News.
Thank you, Katie. Make sure you stick with us throughout the day. Our team coverage will continue today at noon. We'll have crews in Walterboro to bring you the very latest. You can also find us online and on streaming platforms, including Roku, Fire TV, and Apple TV. You can also get real-time updates on the Murdoch trial through our live blog at live5news.com. Just click the banner at the top of our homepage for new information throughout the day, straight from Live 5's team of reporters and digital journalists. Well, Lowcountry School District is renovating old buildings and creating new facilities to keep up with the growth that they're seeing in their schools. Berkeley County School Board has approved phase one of its capital building program, which includes immediate steps on constructing new schools and renovating current buildings. Anna Harris is breaking down what we can expect from this plan and who's going to pay for it. The money will come from the 1% sales and use tax in Berkeley County that was voted on back in November. This pending tax will make a direct impact on the future growth of the district. Phase one of the capital project will include constructing a K-5 school on Black Tom Road in the Jedburgh area, adding a middle school on the Highway 52 corridor of the Nexon area, and renovating and expanding Hanahan Middle School. The district says both Cane Bay Elementary and Cane Bay Middle are currently at capacity. And although Carolyn Lewis, the new K-8 school expected to open in August, will provide some relief, they say with more homes being built, they will need this middle school in Nexton. Although the district has not released specific cost estimates for each project, they did release price estimates on overall construction of the type of school. They say elementary school construction could cost about 48 to 52 million dollars. K through eight schools are about 70 to 75 million dollars and middle schools are about 60 to 65 million dollars. There are other areas listed for possible improvement over the next several years that are not officially under phase one. This includes upgrading athletic facilities at eight of the 10 high schools, renovating and expanding Berkeley High School, Cane Bay High School, and Goose Creek High School. They plan to add over a dozen classrooms and two-story wings to each school. The district says the cost and timeline will come before the board at a later date. We do not have any information on when that might be at this time. In the newsroom, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Well, the Charleston County School District is hosting a community event tonight for its acceleration schools. The initiative focuses on helping students at the most vulnerable schools to thrive. Now, tonight's meeting will be held at Hunley Park Elementary School. It's from 6 to 7.30. At the meeting, parents and students will get to hear from acceleration school leadership and teachers about the curriculum. Dorchester County wants to better its emergency services. That's why the county officials, they're asking for feedback on public safety issues. Yeah, in a new survey, they're encouraging residents to share their experiences with all public safety departments in the county. Our Molly McBride joins us live from Dorchester County now. Molly, can you tell us more about what departments are being evaluated? Nick Aisha, Dorchester County wants residents to share their thoughts or concerns about Dorchester County's fire rescue, sheriff's office, EMS, emergency management, the coroner's office, and 911 consolidated dispatch. Dorchester County officials tell me the survey will be carried out on an annual basis as a part of the county's new public safety strategic plan, which was created about a year ago. 
It asks questions about how satisfied residents are with the county's emergency response services, how timely the response was, and to what extent each department develops relationships within the community. Officials tell me they want to learn from people that are interacting with emergency services, what they're calling for, and what the response was like. They will then adjust their response plans to meet the needs of the community. We decided to make it uh, a strategy to carry out this survey on an annual basis, again, to better understand uh, the needs of the community and what we're doing well and maybe what areas for improvement uh, there are, what kind of opportunities there are to, to improve our services. Well, that's our mission in life is to try to do the best we can to, uh, to improve the quality of life for everyone. So. We hope that that will happen through this process. The survey is open until March 10th and is available in both Spanish and English. For those links, you can head over to live5news.com and click on this web story. Reporting live in Dorchester County, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Mount Pleasant police are investigating a theft after they say thousands of dollars worth of iPads were stolen from a Costco. Officers responded to the Mount Pleasant Costco on Park Avenue Boulevard just before 1 o'clock a Sunday morning. And according to police, the alarm company says that someone broke in through a brick wall on the outside of that store. Police believe they're looking for two suspects. They are unsure exactly how many iPads were stolen, but they're believed to be valued at $16,000. No arrests have been made. Starting today, there will be some new parking rules for King Street. It's all part of the Charleston Police Department's King Street Safety Plan. The new plan prohibits parking on King Street between Spring and John Streets Thursday through Saturday, 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. The city of Charleston says cars parked on King Street, they will be towed. The King Street Safety Plan also includes additional police patrols and better lighting. Officials say the new parking restrictions will also improve cleanliness and will increase the efficiency of street sweeping in the mornings. The South Carolina Ports Authority is one step closer to the redevelopment of the Union Pier. Last month, they submitted a proposal to turn the property into a neighborhood with business space as well. The proposal is in the first part of the review process before the official plan is approved and the work can begin. The proposal includes 270,000 square feet of retail space, and 270,000 square feet of office space, the Ports Authority says the public will continue to have opportunities to weigh in during the public process. A bill called the Transparency and Integrity in Education Act has just passed the South Carolina House of Representatives. It would restrict what can be taught and discussed in South Carolina schools. The bill would ban teaching concepts including one race, sex, ethnicity, color, or national origin is inherently superior to another and that people are responsible for the other actions committed in the past by members of their same race or sex. It would also prohibit students and staff from being required to participate in mandatory gender or sexual diversity training or counseling, and students who do participate need written parental permission. The bill does not ban the fact-based discussion or instruction of controversial aspects of history or current events or about the historical oppression of a particular group of people. There were mixed reviews over the legislation. Taxpayers fund our schools. Parents have to send their kids to be educated, and they should expect an education that is free, 
from ideological indoctrination. We're going to talk about our teacher shortage in this state. You keep passing legislation like this, it's not going to matter what we tell our teachers to teach because we're not going to have anybody to teach at all. The bill will head over to the Senate after one more perfunctory vote today in the House. Well, South Carolina is now the only state in the U.S. with no women on its highest court. State lawmakers have decided Judge Gary Hill will replace the only woman on the bench, Justice Kay Hearn. The process to elect judges to the Supreme Court is as follows. A commission is made up of members of the public and lawmakers qualify no more than three candidates for the position. Those candidates must then get a majority of votes in a joint session of the General Assembly. Hill was the only candidate left after the two other candidates, both female, dropped out. Hill got 140 out of the 170 votes, and lawmakers expressed no concerns about his qualifications. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1825, the U.S. House of Representatives had to pick a president when no candidate received a majority of electoral votes. The House selected John Quincy Adams to become the sixth president of the United States that year. He was also the first president who was the son of a president. His father was John Adams, the nation's second president. Celebrating birthdays today, singer Carol King is 81. Author Alice Walker, who wrote The Color Purple, is 79. Actress Mia Farrow is 78. Actress Judith Light from TV's Who's the Boss is 74. And actor Charles Shaughnessy from The Nanny is 68. Thank you so much for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.